You're listening to Podcast BXN, a video game podcast delivering player experience news. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN episode 135. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined over Discord by the Nintendo aficionado, Roshan Warner, at Roro, the host of Large Popcorn and Video Essayist, Christian Macias, at ISO Christian, and one half of the Men and Gitch podcast, Gage Dempster, at Gilbo Biggins. Guys, what's your favorite video games of all time? Oh, wow. Right off the uh, bat, like this. <laughs> Red Dead great... Redemption, Fallout New Vegas, and Halo 2. Damn. But, well, for me, The Last of Us, The Last of Us oh. 2. Yeah, my G. <laughs> and Celeste. I will answer it was just The Last of Us and Tinder. Nice. <laughs> Love nice. is a game. Also, I will be, yes, for those wondering, I will be celebrating later tonight after the podcast. Celebrating what? <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, Halo 3 is the greatest video game of all oh. time. Thank you to... Cele- ev- sorry, what? I'll be celebrating the fourth anniversary of God of War. That's, that's, that's oh. what we're celebrating. Okay. Yeah, 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 not, not anything else. Yeah, not anything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, today's the day, isn't it? <laughs> Damn, what else, what else can you tell us? I, I can tell you. Thank you to everyone joining us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Just search podcast PXN, twitch.tv slash podcast PXN and Twitter as well. The topic of the show this week, guys, is a lot of Star Wars news that we got to get to. But first, the show always starts with the quick bites. I'm switching the lingo there. Quick bites. So let's go ahead and jump right in guys the quick bites chime in if you would like the first one we've got dead space remake has gotten some updated sounds of course this came right after we recorded last week so uh, it was perfect timing for it to drop um but i listened to this uh, after the podcast last week and i thought this was really cool um kind of from community feedback from hearing the different sound designs that they did for the uh, pulse carbine and the plasma cutter or pulse rifle not pulse carbine pulse rifle and plasma cutter uh, they adjusted the sounds to be more akin to the original sounds and i thought that was a really cool indication of uh of how Motive is really working with the community to, to try to build this game uh, as good and as authentic to the original game as, as possible. So very cool stuff. To be honest, all, their behind the scene, all the behind-the-scenes clips they've been sharing have been awesome. And it's honestly kind of refreshing to see um, project, like big projects like a remake like Dead Space get like continuous updates on like how they're improving from the original to the remake. It's cool stuff to see. Absolutely. Our next quick bite, guys, is, of course, some Halo news, because why not? Uh, We got a quick look at the two new maps coming in Season 2 of Halo Infinite. They showed off about a two-minute trailer, three-minute trailer uh, of the two maps, Catalyst and Breaker. Uh, Catalyst is a uh, it's a arena map and it is a like forerunner structure, which is really, really cool. Um, that was one thing that I feel like was lacking from multiplayer was like forerunner designs. Uh, in terms of the campaign, there's a ton of forerunner designs, but we don't really have much of it in multiplayer. So it's really cool to see that. 
uh, in there. And then Breaker, which is the big team battle map. And it has some cool interactive elements, which I think look really cool um, with like lava dripping uh, down the middle of the map. And you can like ramp warthogs over or into it. Uh, looks really cool. Looks like fun. Gage is shaking his head. No. <laughs> no, my cat is just hijacking my. <laughs> <laughs> the cat has taken over. Uh, and then uh, some more Halo Infinite news for our next quick bite, guys, is a Halo Infinite Battle Royale has been maybe confirmed. Uh, Jess Gordon, uh, Jess Gordon, Jess Corden, I can't say his name, uh, has given some details on the latest Xbox Two podcast. He says that it is a Battle Royale that Certain Affinity is working on. It's been in development for over two years uh, it's a huge deal. I don't, I mean, of course, I'm sure it's a huge deal. Uh, <laughs> considers it a war zone slash separate game undertaking. So, um, kind of, I don't think it's going to be separated, but it's going to be kind of, you know, like a, a big mode that you're going to go into. Like you have forge, you have multiplayer, you have, it sounds like it's going to be something like that. Uh, targeting Fortnite, Warzone, Apex audience. And he believes it's targeting either season three or season four. And it also somehow ties very heavily into Forge mode, uh, similar to maybe like something like Fortnite creative mode. Um, and they brought in certain affinity for the specific mode. And I don't think they're going to ignore the rest of the game. Yeah, they're not going to. 343 is working on the main game. So, of course, certain affinity is working on this version of Halo Infinite. So, uh, yeah, very interested to see this pan out and see what it actually turns into. But season three or four is a lot sooner than I anticipated for sure. Christian? Uh, yes, hello. Uh, Christian from Podcast PXN. Uh, Gage and Dan, I have a question for you both. How do you feel about this announcement? I don't know. If you, if, okay, from the outside looking in, I feel like this is... I, first, I dig the transparency. Uh, again, I, I dig the insight. But it's also like when they're kind of not so clear kind of um, details on the on the BR, it's almost like, well, why are we announcing it this far in advance? I don't know, how you guys, how you guys feeling about this? Well, if I if I if I, it seems like street meat. Yeah, it, it, I don't think this was an official announcement. I think this no. was a scoop. So yes, correct. Actually, it's almost as a counterpoint. They ha they haven't announced anything. They haven't really gotcha. communicated that. So, um, it, this is good. Uh, it, um, I'm kind of disappointed. It's a battle royale. I mean, like it's so it's so hard to. It's very. Uh, like Halo as a universe lends itself to the battle royale really to that format really nicely. Like since before Infinite launch, everybody's talking about oh you know ODST drop pods landing on the ring is such a cool idea, and it still is. But it's kind of like uh, I don't know. I I I'm just I want the core game to sort of get up to snuff before they add another huge game mode like this. Which I agree with you, Dan. I think it's going to be like a separate menu, like. Not a separate download, but like campaign, multiplayer, and then whatever this is. I, I think you're right on that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's cool that this, it's been in development for over two years. I'm guessing when they got Coalition to help is probably when they reached out to Certain Affinity, like around that same time period and brought them on. To, they brought on Coalition to help with the core game, and then they probably reached out to Certain Affinity. It was like, hey, we need something else as well. So 
Yeah, uh, I'm excited that it's not the core team doing it, that they're not going to get sort of have uh, resources pulled from them. But I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of lukewarm on this one, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think that's the important thing. Like 343 still working on Halo Infinite's, you know, traditional sandbox and presumably campaign expansions as well, which we haven't seen or heard anything about just yet. Um but yeah, it's certain affinity working on this. I'm excited to just see what they do with it. Uh, I'm a pretty big fan of BRs. I just don't play them much anymore because I've been playing other things. Uh, I played, I literally played Fortnite for probably two years straight, like literally almost exclusively. Uh, so yeah, I, I would be excited for this. Um, but yeah, like you said, Gage, I'm glad that three four three is still going to continue working on the main game, so that you don't, you know forget about that audience uh, of course but moving on guys to our next quick bite jason momoa has officially been announced to set it set to star in the minecraft movie as gabriel the warrior um which i have Can no you idea say that sentence one more time please yeah <laughs> jason momoa oh my god yeah uh of course i don't know anything about minecraft lore or if gabriel's important uh christian do you I, okay, I can't, I can't speak to the Minecraft or, or Gabriel. Um, actually, I think, I don't know, it feels like Gabriel might be a, an OG character. Or no, no, OG, a new He's character. He's a saint, isn't he? Sure. Well, that's a, that's a joke. Um, but what I do know is that Jared Hess is writing and directing. And you may ask yourself, who the heck is Jared Hess? Well, let me tell you. Jared Hess is, is of, of course, of Nacho Libre and Napoleon Dynamite fame. Um, so I, as soon as I read Jared Hess, I'm like, you know what? Now I'm in. Now they got me. Now you ready for this? this. Are you ready? Are you ready for shit to hit the fan? Both of those movies severely overrated. <laughs> Christian has left the building. All right. Oh, wow. Uh, he's not coming back. He's not coming back. Yeah. Oh, welcome back, Christian. Oh man. Um, this is a real a really weird story, but I remember a Telltale, and I, maybe this this is what Gabriel is from, but I remember when Telltale did that um that minecraft story mode game and they had they made a story out of minecraft that's the that's the only thing that i could see them adapting i guess or taking inspiration from because i again i can't speak to the the minecraft lore either but i don't think there is a story in the base minecraft there's, game. Is there? I don't, there's uh, not i don't know why i know this but uh, i don't know if this i'm guessing it started as a joke or uh, i don't know if there actually is some sort of minecraft deep lore i think gabe is supposed to be like the default guy like with the green shirt and the blue isn't that steve? Steve. that's steve. steve is it steve that's that then i don't know at all <laughs> then i have no idea who gave it that so, was my one guess so actually ro you're spot on he is from story mode minecraft story oh, mode. Nice. so okay okay that's wow. cool yeah very interesting and then to combine with that we have more news as well Dwayne the rock johnson of course is executive producing the it takes two movie which is being developed by amazon uh obviously everyone expected Dwayne the rock johnson to be you know backing it takes two because those two things are just synonymous with one another <laughs> uh but no the i think this is really cool obviously amazon has taken their projects very seriously lately so I, I have hope that they're going to do this justice, um, but it'll be interesting to see, I guess. You know what? Sorry. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, you know what? He's not that um, unfamiliar with family-friendly movies. He's done a lot of good ones Fair. over his career. He's done like the 
There's the football one with the Disney girl. Can't remember her name. I know which one you're talking about. She was the so girl. I, I know Christian in... knows too. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. I don't remember and, her name though. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, he's done he's done stuff like this before to like varying degrees of success. I, I'm just curious. Does this line up with the comments he was making a few months back when he was talking about doing a big video game project? Is this was that was when he when he was talking about that stuff? Was he talking about starring in or was he just talking about involvement? Like. Is this what he was talking about, or is this something different? Well, Gage, according to the report, it's also possible that Johnson will star in the movie, though the <laughs> cast hasn't been finalized yet. Oh, okay. To which I will add, Dwayne The Rock Johnson does not strike me as a divorced dad vibes kind of guy. <laughs> nope. nope. <laughs> Definitely I need not. Me, I need me a Steve Carell or an Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Maybe yeah, nobody's divorcing uh, Dwayne Isaac. The Rock Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... That's perfect. Uh, our next quick bite, guys. Blizzard president Mike Yabara has officially denied Blizzard is pursuing NFTs following a report about Activision Blizzard investigating the technology. Uh, Yabara was responding to a story from Video Games Chronicle. Um, and essentially, Mike said, no one is doing NFTs. Uh, <laughs> it's like, well, all right. Mike, if this is coming from Mike Yabara, I trust what he says because he's he's seemingly a good dude. Uh, if this came from Bobby Kotick, I would be like, no, nah, I don't believe I don't trust you. it. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. So, you know what this sounds like to me? This sounds like Activision is planning to do a lot of NFTs and Blizzard is not. So they're like, no, we're not, yeah. we're not fucking doing this shit, right? Activision, of course, Activision is going to be all about it. It's a, it's a schemey little slimy, uh, you know, uh, incentives, so of course they're gonna be all over it. But I think this is Blizzard. Uh, to me, this is Mike Barg thinking, saying like, you know what, this deal's probably going through. So Mike, so Activision's working on NFTs now, but we're not gonna be. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm guessing he's just betting on no, we're not. And there have been, and and this is a bit more personal since it's actually Mike Yabara saying, and it's not like the company saying it, you know. But I, there have been instances where, like for example, Sega said they weren't gonna do it, and then they. They were going to do it, and then they backtracked saying, okay, we're not going to do it. And then recently they came out and saying that we are going to do it, actually. <laughs> so it's, it is weird that you can't really take them at their words sometimes. I, Mike Yabara may be a different situ situation, but you never really know until they actually do it, unfortunately. That's very yeah. true. Yeah. And if Mike Yabara leaves tomorrow, yeah. I mean, who knows? <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, no thanks, IGN. I don't want to sign up for your newsletter. Sorry, that's where our next news story is coming from, which ties in, uh, which is Microsoft almost acquired Blizzard over two decades ago, but it, but was outbid twice. And this comes from Ed Freeze's interview, um, and IGN's reporting on it here, but it was an interview with uh, Xbox Era. Uh, he essentially says, I was a huge Blizzard fan. If you think about the roots of our PC gaming business, it was real-time strategy. Warcraft, of course, was their biggest product at the time. So uh, I, th I just thought this was fascinating because, you know, here we are 20 years later or whatever, uh, and Microsoft bought Activision and Blizzard in one go. But, uh, yeah, if they would have bought Blizzard back then, I do wonder, like, how things would have shook out for Blizzard's properties like Diablo and um warcraft and world of warcraft and all of that considering those are you know mainly pc games and you know have that pc audience here we all here we are full circle yeah so many years later yeah crazy 
Probably it's crazy. though, because you know what, Microsoft has Microsoft hasn't always been this strong. They've kind of ebbed and flowed, right? So having who knows what would have happened to Blizzard through the um, Don Matrick era, right? You know what I mean? Like it's, I'm kind of glad it's worked out this way, where it's where they're, they're getting they're getting Blizzard during the Phil Spencer sort of re- like Renaissance era of Xbox. Gage, what are you talking about? Don Matrick was amazing. I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. How could you even say those? How, how did your <laughs> mouth just not combust into flames? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, moving on. This next story is a very big one. I don't know. It's not really big, but it's 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 interesting. Sega is reportedly working on a big budget reboot for both Crazy Taxi and Jet Set Radio. I also included here also because uh, I saw this late today. Uh, Sonic Origins got a remaster announced, which is interesting. It got a little bit of uh, backlash in terms of like their different additions that they terrible. have. Terrible, terrible additions. <laughs> Uh, oh man but yes. yeah I, I i think that the crazy taxi uh sounds really cool like if they make the, a really great remake for that game i think that would be awesome jet set radio i never really played but uh yeah the what is going on with sonic what is the it's all what is the uh the new indie they just i think it came out or it's coming out this year bomb rush cyberpunk something like that which is the jet set radio kind of uh spiritual successor kind of they're, they're you know what i mean I, I've this? seen it. I've seen it. I I, yeah. I didn't know that was the name of it though. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I have seen Bomb it. Bomb Rush yeah. Cyberfunk, uh, and and Bomb people Rush. are super excited for it because people yeah. Jets are radio cult, a cult classic. So, I mean, yeah, if if they were seeing you know buzz around around this you know kind of indie spiritual successor, then why not hop on that and do do another you know revival of that? I don't know if I'm feeding for for Crazy Taxi though. Like, I'm finally leaving that one behind. <laughs> Hey, hey, come on over for some crazy taxi. Sorry. That's pretty good. That's that's, thank you. That was really good. Um, Yeah, the Sonic Origins thing is is, is quite a mess, though, for sure. The chart that they that they released. We've seen some pretty bad charts in our days, I'm sure, as being gamers. And but this one, this one is is something else (laughs) that there's like five different versions where they could just, I don't know, put it in 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 one or preferably at least two. But none of them include everything, right? No. Yeah. I, I think, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have to buy like multiple things to get everything, which is is insane. There's not one version that collects everything for like a super high price. That would be terrible in in, in itself. But the fact that you have to buy like a little bit of everything is crazy. Well, wait a minute. I'm looking at this chart now. the yes. The pieces that are missing from the digital deluxe edition are apparently free DLC included with the pre order of standard or digital deluxe. So I don't know if it's only, I guess if you pre-order, you get everything if you get the digital deluxe. It's just confusing. Why do they... Okay. Yes. Maybe it's just a really bad chart, and then... Yeah. Yeah. That's, I guess that's where it comes down. <laughs> um, do you guys remember the era of EA where they actually had, like, a template for, for all their releases where they would have <laughs> that same five-tier chart, and it every game that came out, you'd be like, all right, let's get, get your bingo dabbers. How does this work again? Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like I feel like the best answer is that if your game needs a chart, you've probably got you're probably doing too much nickel and diming and too much, you know, splintering off of content. You probably shouldn't need a chart. Yeah. Speaking of uh, needing charts, we needed a chart <laughs> to figure out where Marvel's Avengers is. It's not dead, guys. 
Uh, Marvel's Avengers got an update today, or maybe not today, whatever day they released this. Uh, April 19th, that was yesterday, sorry. Uh, and they just announced that we are getting Jane Foster, the Mighty Thor, as ex- expansion content for the Avengers. Uh, holy crap, didn't expect that. Uh, they have an update 2.4 in the works with a number of components going into uh, that rework, which includes make each event more unique and worth playing. We're improving and diversifying rewards across events with each event. Now we're rewarding gear from different sets, adding unit rewards to a wider variety of event, event missions, adding higher power level gear rewards to meta objectives to create another path to gear up beyond the soft cap. Uh, meta objectives will grant rewards to your entire eligible roster, not just a single hero, allowing you to gear up with your squad while playing as your favorite hero. Um, and of course, getting Jane Foster on uh, the platforms as well. So some new content coming for Avengers. And now uh, you say it's not dead. And I need I want I want to fact check you so bad because there was another uh, article that came out today, or maybe it was a tweet or some kind of scoop that was talking about how, um, even though despite this update, they still have no um, plans for a roadmap beyond anything that they have actually been working on. So, yeah, you know, I was going to bring that jump up in too. here, and I clicked on the link here, and this this is not the blog of a very <laughs> thriving live game. Let me tell you that. Like, it may not be dead, but it's on life support. Yeah, I, I clicked on this blog like expecting to scroll down a couple pages. No, nope. this is not this oh, is not no. the blog of a healthy game. So, I I think I think the clock is still ticking on this one. Indeed, indeed, your time is almost out, Avengers. Uh, moving on, our next quick bite. Voice chat has finally arrived in Battlefield 2042. Here we are, oh. five months after <laughs> launch. But Let's fucking go, boys. I am glad. I am glad that they're going back and addressing these things. I, I think it's going to take some time for for Dice to get Battlefield 2042 in a, a position where um, people will be excited about it again. But are they uh, even under, going to? They're already under a thousand. Yeah. Are they under a thousand players daily on Steam? And also, they started pre-production on the next one. I did not realize that. Dude, what? If you go to the <laughs> comment section of any Battlefield like post. People are like lambasting them. Like, where's our refund? Yeah, <laughs> that, would, that would that would make an interesting topic of the show for one of these episodes. Uh, yeah, because it it's so strange. It's totally different from Halo in terms of just how Halo like had a rough launch, but ba- Battlefield just like the rocket exploded upon liftoff. Like, it's just totally different. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. I don't know if they're gonna be able to this around i think the biggest thing is this is the specialists right they got rid of they got rid of the one thing that made battlefield unique which is class based hey you need you need an engineer you need a you need a medic you need a support in your squad to do things where it's like they got rid of all that so that they could do the whole modern warfare specialist thing and it totally it totally killed had a way bigger effect on the game than they thought it would so yeah i don't know if they're going to be able to fix that in the patch they might just be doing stuff behind the scenes and thinking like okay if we want to bring the classic battlefield gameplay back this this framework of this game doesn't support that so maybe yeah it's crazy to me that they've already started and they've announced it they've officially announced it that's weird too i i feel like the toxicity in uh current climate of like people in general has like held back voice chat in recent years because like 
I just remember the days of like Halo 2, you would have, you know, your post-game lobby chat or even Halo 3 post-game lobby chat where you're chatting with, you know, the opponents you just played against and like just bickering back and forth and having a ton of fun with it. And it's like we've almost lost that nowadays. Like Halo Infinite, for instance, it doesn't have a post-game lobby. So you you go to your post-game and you you can't even hear your teammates like unless they're in your, right. your party. Um, you can't hear your teammates or your opponents in the post-game lobby. So I feel like we lose some of that, like just seeing this news story about voice chat, um, and this is just in terms of in-game stuff, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I kind of wish we could go back to that kind of day, but I guess, you, you know, know what, people you know suck. what's funny about that, though, is I, I don't... I mean, we're we're all roughly the same age. I don't know if things have gotten more toxic. Like, Modern Warfare True. 2, Halo 2, Halo 3, I mean, there's... Mm. You there's some pretty interesting characters. I think what's interesting is it's it's weird to me with with these M for mature games because it's it seems like getting rid of voice chat is a way to sort of kind of nudge towards like everyone can play even if you're not exactly seventeen over like but but you're right like it's totally like if the game's M for mature I mean and people are trash talking you it's like well I just blew up a squad of four people in a bus like like. <laughs> It is strange, yeah. You see a lot of games moving away from from VoIP, but like when it's in M for mature games, like a great example is Back for Blood. Back for Blood, you can't any swear word will get censored, and then your character will swear in the game. And it's like, okay, what kind of game are we playing here? I don't know what's going on. Fair, very fair. Uh, guys. MetaQuest, I think I think they were the ones who had this event, had an event with some VR news, but we have a couple of those pieces here that we're going to pull out. Uh, Among Us VR was officially confirmed coming holiday 2022 to the Quest 2, Steam and PlayStation VR. And we also got Ghostbusters VR, which is coming, and that looks kind of crazy actually uh i saw some ghostbusters fans greg miller freaking out on twitter about it so <laughs> i think that uh that definitely would fit very well i think in the vr space having uh some ghosts to to bust i guess i don't know <laughs> among us VR looks oh sorry christian no please i was saying among us VR looks like so much fun i, I can't wait to uh eventually get a headset and and play that for sure that looks like a lot of fun i just like giggling looking at the trailer here like the green astronaut just pointing his finger at like, just straight at your face like that's that's gonna be so much fun i can't if wait you, for that. if you do get uh a meta quest yes which they are they are fairly affordable nowadays um mm-hmm. we should do a podcast pxn because uh, i think In you're the, the last person to have a vr headset and that's me could, yeah that would be, be that dope. would be fun that would be a fun bit of content there yes i can run you through a quick uh rundown of uh, some of the other stuff that was there because there's actually a lot of cool stuff yeah uh, of course yeah among us we talked about it uh that being leaked last week and it is confirmed um game called red matter 2 it looks pretty cool i think that's a, an fps um moss the the game mm. that was a psvr title um that mm. then ported over to the quest as well uh confirmed that book two will be uh, released on the quest as well so you can play the sequel there uh cities vr uh, RE4 nice. VR is getting the Mercenaries mode included. There's a new mixtape for Beat Saber, another FPS, Bone Lab. Uh, yeah, I think that's uh, the highlights. Uh, there's one more that you missed, actually. Which Walking I Dead, Saints and Sinners, Chapter 2. Yes. 
Yeah, The Walking <laughs> Dead has been hit or miss with its games, uh, but the Saints and Sinners VR game is absolutely fantastic. And the fact that it's getting a, a sequel that looks significantly better is very exciting. Yep. Yeah, I think Sean told me that I need to play that also a long time it's ago. It's good. And it's really it's better than it has any right to be. Like it's it's really good. I gotta play it. I gotta play it. All right, our next quick bite, guys. Uh, a nice little uh, quality of life improvement here from PlayStation. Uh, so essentially, PC players can now update their DualSense controllers to the latest firmware without having to connect to a PS5. So essentially, uh, Sony's d doing like an application where you can update your PS5 controller on PC instead of needing a PS5 console for it. I, I think that's a great little quality of life improvement so just want to throw that in there um guys i don't know how this game is going to fail so whoever cho chose this as the <laughs> counter pick i'm so sorry tmnt shredder's revenge is bringing back the voice actors from the classic 1987 animated tv series and we got 11 minutes of gameplay from ign for the, the first two stages and it looks really yeah. good <laughs> I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm assuming that's you, Gage. Who that was my it. panic counter pick. All right, I, I panicked. <laughs> I made a mistake. Yeah, it happens. <sighs> Not to me. <laughs> wait, didn't you choose? Wait, what was your counter pick? No, it, no, was... it was Rashan who had the bad one. Oh. I I chose Sifu. Yeah, that was oh. that was that was pretty rough. So I'm glad Gage picked this one. So at least I get one W. Out of yeah. this, <laughs> you're not gonna have the biggest L for counter picks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I still probably pick the worst counter pick, but at least I'm not alone. Oh my god, this looks this game looks awesome, looks uh, so good. I can't wait. And that, and that the fact that they got the original voice actress to come back is just even cooler. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I'm just going to throw this in here because I just saw this come in uh, a little bit ago. Blizzard has officially revealed big, big changes to Orisa and Doomfist in Overwatch 2. Um, that's interesting. Doomfist, I guess, uh, is a perfect example of the kinds of seismic shifts some heroes receive in the sequel. No longer a damage hero, Doomfist comes into Overwatch 2 as a tank. However, the unique hero retains a lot of what makes him unique to Overwatch. This shift away from his status as a DPS character brings it brings with it a huge health increase from 250 to 450. His hand cannon stays largely the same, but instead charges ammo quicker. Uh, his signature rocket punch is also quicker while dealing less damage, but it keeps its knockback power. Uh, and his new kit really differs um, in Overwatch 2 with his new power block move, which reduces incoming damage to the front by 90%. Um, there's a bunch of other changes in here, but uh, I I don't even know where. Okay, Dimphis Seismic Slam now launches him into the air, similar to Winston's Leap, which I understand that. I know who Winston is. Uh, <laughs> and also, rounding out Dimphis's new kit is a new iteration of Meteor Strike, which is his ultimate ability, and it, his ability gains a shorter cast time, but it deals reduced damage and no knockback. Uh, Arissa, on the other hand, uh, Arissa's primary fire is a larger projectile that deals more damage the closer she is to enemies and uses a cooldown system that activates if you overheat her weapon. Uh, she has a secondary fire energy javelin, which is now a skill shot projectile javelin that hits 
hits the first enemy in its path, dealing a micro stun and extra damage if it pushes them into a wall. Keeping with the offensive and javelin-based themes, those pesky barriers are no more. Instead, Javelin Spin lets Orissa spin a javelin that destroys enemy projectiles, uh, increases her movement speed, and knockback damage enemies as well. And her ultimate ability, Terra Lance, causes Orissa to become fortified and pull in nearby enemies while she charges up an area of effect attack. I don't even know what I just said, but that's a lot of information. <laughs> yeah, but you said it. Uh, yeah, this and this comes from Brian Shea from Game Informer. I just want to give him credit because I was reading directly from Game Informer there. So nice, lots of stuff. And then, guys, the final quick bite. Bungie has officially left a Easter egg in Destiny Two that is teasing their new IP. Uh, I thought this was. Very cool to see. Uh, of course, Bungie has a long history of doing this kind of stuff. Um, of course, famously alluding to Destiny and Halo 3 ODST with the little Destiny poster. Um, so very interested to see what this what this little Easter egg is and, you know, what their game is, their next game. Heck yes. Um, I know, I mean, I'm sure they will do it. And I'm not sure if it's in the game any right now because Christopher Barrett did a walk back his tweet and changes yes to a maybe oh. recently. <laughs> and then his, I think, mm. I'm not sure if it's, I don't want to say who it is because I'm not sure their relation, but I thought they were related somehow. But this other person that I assume either they work with or she, she, he lives with uh, says, you're a damn troll. <laughs> so it's it's possible that it's not in the game yet. But I know, like you were saying, they have done this in the past for sure. So it's only a matter of time that they, that they do do it because they did it for destiny. I think they did it for other halo games in the future too. So yeah, I'm excited for when they do do it. If it isn't already there, because it's always fun to like search around for those little secrets in destiny. Agreed. Agreed. Guys, I'm introducing a new segment here. The PXN WTF of the week. Uh, I literally, to preface this, I literally... Why are you hating, man? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, to be fair, to be on? fair to the audience, I do hate, oh. I do hate this man that I'm about to, to talk about. <laughs> However, this, this literally is the worst redesign I've ever seen in my entire life. I thought that when I saw this redesign, and maybe you guys disagree, but what I thought when I saw this, I thought it was a joke. And then I looked and I was like, okay, it's not a joke. Um, a ninja got a new logo. Uh, he actually paid someone for this logo, and I think it like his original oh, design. Man. His original <laughs> design looks amazing. I love. I actually love his original design, and like the new design, I'm just like, is this like Adidas with like plain text? Like I don't even. Uh, what the heck <laughs> is this? Isn't it so, like his? Sorry, go ahead. None of my business is what it is. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> You know what? As someone who doesn't watch any streamers and could give two shits, I will say, Dan, you're absolutely right. The first logo is <laughs> leagues better than the second one. But my god, man, stand down. Leave the horse alone. It's dead. Oh, man. I do it like reminds the original logo more as well. Yeah, yeah. The font. The original the original font too is like, yeah. like perfect. what's why? Yeah. Yeah. It's just the old ninja. Everybody always says that. So oh man! <laughs> yeah, I I don't miss the old or new ninja. <laughs> All right, oh, man. moving into the PXN news of the week, guys. Our first news of the week. I thought this would be a cool uh, first story here for us. 
it's a little bit of a, a, a story. It's it, It'll be a quick story, I promise. It won't be like my Overwatch story that I just told. Um, <laughs> this comes from Paul Russell, uh, which, of course, he worked uh, on the Halo series for, for a while with Bungie. And he uh, he was tweeting at Halo. Halo posted this image yesterday, so I'll add, add that I built and textured the Flood Elite combat form and, so, and did the textures and materials for this environment. Um, tweeting in regards to the original Halo Combat Evolved. Uh, someone asked him a question about, um, since you could see people being infected by the Flood in Halo 3, was this ever planned for Halo Combat Evolved? He responds with, not so much. We showed the infection forms attacking and indicated how they burrowed their tails in, but honestly, we were lucky to get that much done. We made 90% of that game in nine months. It was insane. Uh, so then people asked, proceeded to ask, you made the Halo Combat Evolved <laughs> in nine months? Uh, and someone asked about Halo 2 as well. He responded, no, we worked on... Th- we worked for three years on Halo 2. A lot of the environments were rushed at the end because design had a lot of changes. They were really divided, and Jason was missing in action for much of that time. Jason Jones, of course, the founder of Bungie. Uh, so triggers weren't pulled until he came back at the 11th hour. Halo Combat Evolved was nine months because we didn't get dev kits until January of 2001. Was content complete in September? I worked 18 hours a day, seven Seven days a week until then some worked from home on weekends and into the night others were smart and realized they got paid the same to not kill themselves um he said we had we had fun most days there was always times for tomfoolery i remember the day jamie and i'm assuming he's referring to greasimer which was one of the design uh leads for halo made some tweaks that made the game fun for the first time I think right before content complete, he shouted, Halo is going to make a million dollars. It was a nail biter. We really didn't know up until the last second if the game was going to be a turd. Knives were sharpening at Microsoft. It was a traumatic crunch for me, but we still had laughs. The success didn't hit home until Halo 2's launch when we got off the bus at Best Buy. Um, and then he goes into a bunch of that as well. But he said, uh, just to kind of close this out, we, when we got to Microsoft, they only had that one enormous Chrome X. From June 2000 to January 2001, they had to make hundreds of sketches and designs, build the UI, design the controller, which Jason helped build, dev tools, and build everything from the ground up. They crunched too big time. Uh, I just thought this was a really crazy story about crunch back in the day, of course, during Halo Combat Evolved and uh, the effect that it had back then compared to to now. And like uh, one question I wanted to ask you guys, uh, do you guys think that crunch now being driven as a major issue, whereas back then it, it clearly wasn't, uh, has an effect on the games being made like po- positively, negatively? What what kind of effect do you guys think this is? this is going to have uh, on the future of games. It, sorry, just a clarifying question. Do you mean like, will hopefully less crunch lead to, how will that affect the yes. industry? Yes, correct. Sorry if I didn't mm. make that clear. Okay, time, time is going to, I actually was actually thinking about this, right? Because obviously it would have a positive effect on, on like relations with, with their employees, right? But that would yep. lead to fewer games, right? right? And like, would there be a drop in quality was the the big question I was I was kind of thinking about because obviously when you're it's a business right games need to come out eventually game games can't keep being postponed forever you know so 
don't know. I don't. I don't have an answer because I really don't know what what that's going to look like because crunch is like all I've ever really known. So I, I don't. I don't know. I th- yeah. I think. I think mandatory crunch is is what the issue is, and and it's it's unfortunate because everybody just uses the term crunch, but like we've all all four of us here have our own YouTube channels. We've all made content. And I don't know about you guys, but like some of my best content was made from me staying up for like 13 hours straight in this mm. app in an absolute zone. Just like, okay, I know exactly what I got to do. And I just sit there and I check the time and like, oh shit, it's been four hours. And I'm still editing this video. Like crunch can be a good thing. I think the problem is mandatory crunch, right? Like this game needs to get done by this time. You're not leaving your office until X, Y, Z. That's the type of crunch that's super unhealthy, but like, um, I mean, yeah, I think crunch can absolutely lead lead to creative breakthroughs. And like, I think it really in the industry, it's as simple as just offering like, okay, here's here's an overtime policy. If you'd like to stay, mm. you know, if you want to stay as long as you want, if you want to work here all night, you can. That's your own choice, and we'll pay you for it. But like, the problem is when it's like, okay, this game is we've. We've arbitrarily decided this game needs to come out at this holiday window, so get it done. Like that's the type of crunch that will will absolutely have an effect on on games and the final on the final um, quality of them. But I I think trying to say, go ahead. That's that's kind of what it's the unspoken rule now of of most studios is that there is no kind of. I mean, I say a lot of studios have no quote unquote mandatory crunch, but they're encouraged right to to do this, and when they see like their superiors staying over and the whole teams are staying and, and and like it leads to people feeling like they're forced to kind of stay because everyone else is doing it and so it's kind so, of like this unspoken kind of mandatory so to to me that is also mandatory like i i mean no bullshit like you have a you have an actual leader in the team who's not pressuring because that's exactly mm. you're, you're right christian like on the wall you know the policy is oh no forced overtime but they make comments and they and they pressure you so what i when I'm saying no mandatory, I mean like including that, including that bullshit where it's like, oh, I'm not technically saying you have to stay. No, that is still mandatory crunch. That is still uh, fostering a work culture that promotes, you know, so, oh, if you're if you're not putting in as much as I'm putting in, you're not a part of the team. Like that's bullshit. So in yeah. my mind, I consider that like I know what you're saying. Like a lot of companies get away with that because they say like, oh, it's not our policy. But yeah, no, I mean that that's included as well. That I consider that mandatory crunch where if you're making. Feel like they have to work um regardless of whether or not there's anything on paper saying they're going to get disciplined they still feel the pressure to do which is not fostering creativity it's just it's just enabling this you know toxic sort of work culture so i think if we get if we move away from that and we still you know we still allow as an industry crunch on on your own terms like yeah absolutely because halo is one of the biggest franchises in the entire world and, and that the first three games were almost made entirely of crunch of people being really passionate about this game, really wanting to make it, really wanting to prove to Microsoft that they could do it. And they made some of the best games ever made. So crunch has a place. It's just mandatory crunch. That is hmm. what so, I think is harming the. There's, there's also an interesting dichotomy there though, too, because it's like, if you're, uh, if you're in, not encouraging crunch, but like, even if it's not mandatory, the people that want to, you know, go crunch or whatever for so many hours, they may be looked upon as being quicker for, you know, um, 
uh, raises or uh, promotions right. or whatever. So yeah. it's still it's still in a tricky area where it's like, is it mandatory? No, <laughs> but like, could that still be influenced on on the work environment? Yeah. Well, and then that's that's a whole wider conversation to have because then it's like, well, how do you how do you limit people from from giving 110 percent? You know what I mean? Like that's you're right. You're you're totally right. And that's and that just kind of that's a whole issue with unions and and all that stuff where it's like there's a there's a much wider conversation to have for sure. Um, that's a great point though. Yeah. I I just wanted to say that I totally agree with everybody that what everybody is saying and with what Gabe is saying where we all kind of crunch and whatever we may pa be passionate about like whether it be a drawing or or a video or something like that and I do think some amazing things have come out of crunch but at the same time even though uh crunch does sometimes uh help us put out really good work at the same time it does also impact our health and it could also have the opposite effect where we are burnt out in, because we're working so much that we just like don't want to do this ever again. Right. So yeah, I think it's, I think it does have a place as well. I think it, it's just all about um, monitoring it and having it in, in a good, in a healthy amount, I guess I should say, but it's, it's so hard to measure that. Like how do you, how do you know you've crunched enough or cr you only know until you've crunched too much, unfortunately. Right. right? So I, it's a weird thing to, to buckle down on but i think it, i don't think i don't think less crunch is gonna uh result in uh worse quality in games it just means that we're gonna get games less as like you, you were saying christian yeah. but it's it's always the people at the top who want these games out at a certain time to line their pockets and their investors and all that kind of stuff but i don't think i don't think less crunch is ever going to equal something bad i think it's always going to be a, a good outcome Speaking of crunch and unions, though, there was a bigger <laughs> article that came out this week that I sent to Dan and he refused to include in the doc. <laughs> in fact, he LOL'd at it today. <gasps> yeah. Wait, Damn, what? This is me privately saying, Christian <laughs> thinks I'm going to put this in the show. He's watching me not do it. <laughs> Wait, what? what? Exactly. And it, <laughs> you sent the Mario one, right? Which was, yeah, a quote tweet I, about Doug Bug, Doug he Bowser, did which, was a, which was, yeah. To be did fair, you? no, Christian oh, put it in there, oh, but, okay, but okay. to be fair, I didn't even barely read that. I just kind of clicked on it at work, and just I was like, Mario time and like what the heck is this? I didn't know. I thought you were just sending a joke, so I saw I saw Miyamoto no. said it's Mario time. I was like, no, oh, that's I fun. totally get where Dan is coming from. <laughs> when I skimmed it, I when I saw Mario time, I was like, what is this nonsense? And then I actually read it, and then like, oh, this is yeah. not good. Immediately yeah. see these days, I love the idea. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we're gonna read it. We're gonna read it. Never mind. Yeah. So I actually want to start with uh, the fanboy article, and we we don't have to speak about this in depth at all because we already said everything we need to say about union busting and. and uh, but but I at least want to like say the news. Uh, and so yesterday, April nineteenth, uh, fanboy came out with this. Um, Nintendo America has been hit with a labor complaint stating the company has been interfering with attempts to organize within the company. I'm gonna give you some specifics. Uh, specifics on the alleged union busting aren't clear at this time, but the complaints listing cites coercive actions such as surveillance, coercive statements, including threats and promises of benefits, concerted activities, retaliation or disciplinary actions, and layoffs of slash refusing to hire people. The listing notes these broad concepts, but doesn't include any more uh, descriptions of what exactly is being claimed here. We reached out to Nintendo for comment and we'll update the story if we hear back. So, uh, Family-friendly, lovable companies like Nintendo are, are also doing these kinds of union busting within the industry, which is, is terrible, right? 
And so there was like a conversation that was happening about like, you know, Doug Bowser taking over and like how it's gotten like worse. How, and then this is where the Mario time comes in. And this is from an article from 2017. Quote, in those days, Miyamoto would come to us at 11 p.m. after he finished all of his board member work and say, it's Mario time. <laughs> which, which I understand why the LOL, because that is funny. Yeah. Uh, however, at that point, we'd start planning, uh, start a planning meeting that would run until 2 a.m. At that point, Miyamoto would go home, leaving us with the words, you should return home soon for your health. Well, I don't know, at 2 a.m. Over the next two or three hours, we'd write the game design documents and summarize the instructions for our artists and programmers. It's around like 4 to 5 a.m. you're going home from work. It was the craziest crunch time that I've ever experienced in my development career, but if uh, the god of games was working so much, could we give up? Miyamoto has, has incredible stamina. Does he have incredible stamina? Sure. Is this super unhealthy and kind of a negative, toxic work environment? I would also say yes, absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Alright, but the idea of like of like a room full of workers that have black circles under their eyes <laughs> that are just soaked in sweat that just want to go home and the boss kicking in the door going, oh yeah, Mario time! <laughs> That's exactly how I pictured it too. I literally, It's I apo- awful, but it's also the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. I apologize. Oh, no. I apologize, Christian. I should have read the whole thing. I read that first sentence and I was just laughing. I was like, oh, that's hilarious. And then I said, LOL. And, oh, yeah. my God. I should have read the amazing. whole thing. It's awful, but it's also amazing. I, I cannot say it's amazing. When you're going home at 5 a.m. from work, that's, that, pretty, that's pretty freaking terrible to me. That is a, a, a one thing I wanted to ask, though, because, yes, the meeting ended at 2 a.m. And not to defend Miyamoto here, but he did say to go home. Was this an optional crunch thing like they were talking about? Did these people well, decide to stay and work the extra thing because they felt pressured or because well, they wanted to? My understanding is, well, the yeah. work has to get done soon, oh, okay. right? And the only way to do that is if is you get it stay done. right yeah, now because we're already right here and finish that. Gotcha. Yikes. What an absolute mad lad. Mario time. It's Mario time. <laughs> My God. My God. <laughs> It'd be everyone. No one, no one is safe. Everyone no one is... is safe. I hate to break it too, but like Mario games are not, are not pushing the boundaries of, of what games can be. That's, it's hilarious to me that there's that amount of crunch for even a Mario game because it's like they're... Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. Moving on, guys. Our next... PXN news story that doesn't involve shitty crunch. I don't know. I was trying to come up with a good transition and I just that was the best I had. Uh, Sony is cooking up plans to run ads in PlayStation games as rival Microsoft has also planned a similar program with Xbox. Uh, So not good. Uh, Apparently um, this is going to happen again, which I didn't realize the article I linked to is f- you have it's to pay for. Yeah. So I'm not going to do that. Oh so, my God. Uh, this, is, this is the problem, Dan. What? I'm tired of being consumer in every aspect of my life. I already <laughs> bought the damn console. Yep. You know? That's fair. Um, and the, oh the crazy part is, is like this was already a thing like many years ago, like on the Xbox 360 PS3 generation. I feel like this was a big thing with like sports games like Madden. They were putting ads all over their sports games. Uh, I think even Barack Obama, when he was running for president, that was one of the examples that he had uh, political advertisements in the games. Yeah. And it's just like there's just so many ad things in the history of video games that have not worked well and uh you would think that they would learn but here we are bringing ads yeah. back the the ea and sports games i can 
to an extent understand because they're trying to replicate the the TV experience and the courtside like billboards and stuff like that. But seeing advertisements in like say like a single player game or, or I don't even know what their plans is because we can't read the article because it's paywalled. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it'll be interesting to see where they place these ads if they do decide to go ahead and go through with this. But yeah, not not a Maybe good look. Like, let's see like loading screens or you know menus From- and stuff. From what I've heard, because uh, I, I did read some of this, I don't know where I read it, but it's they're trying to they're looking at things like billboards inside of games and like trying to get cheeky Ooh. with it like that, oh, okay. which doesn't sound horrible. But the problem is, is like once you say okay to this, does it then become super right? Once everybody's like, oh, okay, sure, fine, we don't mind, and then all of a sudden it's everywhere, right? Like that's the only problem. You hit the nail on the head, Gage. Yeah, agreed. Time will tell, I guess, how bad it gets. Uh Guys, I've been uh, really just not paying attention to the YouTube chat, so I apologize, everyone. Zach Wynn says, Sup, fellas, have a good show. Thank you, Zach. And Glenn, of course, is joining us, as always, talking about a Disney actress, and the film was Game Plan. Oh, that was from the pre-show. A rock, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Or, oh, that was... Oh, okay, never mind. That was in the show. Thanks, Glenn. Uh, our last news story, guys. Corey Barlog has officially gave uh, fans a message on Twitter from the Sony Santa Monica account saying God of War Ragnarok isn't quite ready to be shown yet. Um, I watched the whole video a little bit um, before the podcast started. And uh, this is, of course, the four-year anniversary of the original, uh, not the original, the remake of God of War 2018. Um, so it, it is nice to hear from them and give an update, so to speak, on where they're at. Uh, the interesting thing that I, the vibe that I'm getting from this update that Corey gave us is it feels like this game's going to get delayed, guys. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, like, obviously this has an implication for Sony if God of War is delayed because I don't think we have anything else this fall for Sony unless I'm forgetting something uh but my question to you guys is does it matter does it matter if god of war gets delayed to next year besides dan's fantasy critic team it gives us all a chance yeah but aside from that no i think this game this game would crush in february of next year or something like that you know what i mean like i actually think they're not gonna push the game ahead so i think a delay is probably the best situation for like if this game came out in summertime or in springtime it's going to absolutely dominate so i think that well i think what's interesting too is how little sony is being like uncharacteristically quiet like they're normally pretty quiet but like we don't know a whole lot about their upcoming plans for triple a first party games so i mean maybe they're playing things like super close to the chest and they're going to pull like a todd howard and do like a june or july show and be like hey and god of war's coming out in two months maybe but uh, yeah no this 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 reeks of a delay to me He's, Corey seems so tired too in that video. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping he was just celebrating the day, but it does look like he's uh, he's definitely out of it. I don't know. He's at the office. I don't know if he's working up That's in true. there. We don't know how. We don't know how uh, f- how uh, how liberal the uh, the uh, development studio is. You know what I mean? That's a good point. Dan, to answer your question, well, does it matter for for playstation in terms of like fall no it hasn't mattered since 24 or 2014 when the ps4 dropped and they had nothing that fall and it was nothing but third-party <laughs> games and it still sold True. amazing and then it continued that way for years 
doesn't matter when these big <laughs> doesn't it does not matter when these games come um when they come they sell yeah and in fact it, the, the systems still sell Yep, I don't think I could really add any more <laughs> to that. That is the the truth. I'm just so excited for this game whenever it does come around. I can totally see it being delayed. I feel when did we first see the gameplay for this? Last last year, right? 2021. Oh my so, god. The it? trailer? When was we, that? We saw the reveal trailer in 20 It definitely wasn't last year. I think it was maybe 2020. 2020. Yeah. At the Game Awards, right or something like I think so. Yeah. I don't remember, but I know we definitely saw the gameplay last year. I'll search it up real quick. What, but what are you talking? What are we talking about? The so Ragnarok The very gameplay. first thing they showed was just the logo with just voiceover logo. from Christopher. Yeah. Oh, Christopher yeah. Yeah. I think that, was, that might have been 2019 or 2020. That was the announcement. Then there was the like, right? Game. Then they. There, there, there has not been gameplay, right? I, I would not consider that a yeah. gameplay trailer. There, there has been gameplay trailer. That is gameplay, right? Really, it's a really quick snippet. Come, come on, no, that is not a gameplay trailer. In engine trailer. In engine trailer. We can say. There was combat in it, though, wasn't I, there? I think so. Yeah, yeah no, there a was. gameplay there trailer is is like the fifteen minute long, like no cuts. Someone okay. is actually playing a oh, sequence of the game. Oh, you mean like the, the deep dive, like the Red Dead okay. style sort of? No, like, like gameplay. Oh. Okay. Um, I'm looking at the trailer now. And there's no, it's okay. <laughs> there's there's snippets. It's not like a full length of gameplay. You're right. Um. Uh, but yeah, they they called the reveal trailer, and it was and it was revealed. 2021. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So, those, I mean, it looks... Those video game semantics where it's like yeah. gameplay trailer. Like, <laughs> there's gameplay in game it. No, 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 but I mean that like means a gameplay. Something. Yeah, that yes. means something. Yeah, so this is, this is the real reveal trailer, so I stand corrected on that. So I, I, I would assume that before we get the game, I guess we would see a <laughs> gameplay trailer, hopefully. And when that happens, we don't know, but hopefully in, in June, like like Gage was saying, but does yeah. that come out the two late two months later, like Gage is saying, or next year? It, we, we don't know, but I could see this being delayed. The way that he was talking about it makes me feel like it's delayed, but For sure. I was just trying to get the time frame around it via the trailers, but those really don't really do much these days, honestly. We never really know when a game is coming out, honestly. <laughs> I hope they don't do a gameplay trailer, and mm -hmm. to be honest, I'm th I'm, the closer we get to it, the more I'm thinking they might just not do it, because yeah. gameplay trailers take... A long time to produce and make and it takes time away from development like look at miles morales granted that was like a, a smaller sequel title that that didn't really ha wait no it did have a gameplay trailer take it back <laughs> i'm pretty sure yeah. most games get a yeah trailer. yeah like, that's I think true it's, yeah hmm. all right you know what, never mind oh, fine we're getting we're getting one <laughs> yeah <laughs> i flip-flopped all right well i can't believe it did it before we, before we move on i just want to say i really like the idea too of of doing like a, a game story in two games instead of making it the arbitrary like trilogy. Like I think yeah. it's so cool that he's come out and said like this is the end of the Norse saga. Like just two games. It's all we mm. need to tell the story. Cool. I like that. Yes. But then we go to the next mythology saga. Fine. <laughs> and it continues. Uh, yeah. 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 I agree. It's cool. Uh, guys, a quick fantasy draft check in. Just a real quick one because there's not really been much to come of it we don't need to go over the points we've gone over that a million times but <laughs> upcoming games april 29th we've got nintendo switch sports christian's got that coming his way mm. trek to yomi coming may 5th so a couple games coming your way uh row you've got your game mario strikers coming june 10th so we got quite the run of games coming here 
very soon, and they're not my games for once. Yeah, so. thank God for that, eh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Let's move into what you got for me. Uh, I've been playing Master Chief Collection. Uh, played the new Flood Firefight mode in Halo 3 ODST Firefight. Very, very cool. Um, especially, I really think it's cool that uh, the Gravemind's voice is in this, which is fantastic. Uh, I'm assuming they pulled clips from his voice in Halo 3's campaign, um, but it's really cool to just like go through the different waves and Gravemind's voice comes over the, the area and you're just like, oh my god, this is scary. Uh, and of course, people who don't know, Gravemind is the like brainchild or whatever you want to call him of the Flood, so... Uh, it's super cool and creepy to play that mode and very cool that they've added this. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, a little bit of a mix, mixed up gameplay there for a firefight. Uh, also, when does it happen in, in the, I played flood firefight. I did not hear the grave mind. Does that only happen at certain waves? Uh, no, it, I, it's pretty much ever after every wave. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll have to listen for that. Yeah. He has different lines that he chimes in with, which I think cool. s- at least cool. some of them, are from Halo 3's campaign, but I don't know if some of them are maybe cut dialogue, possibly. Right, yeah. But yeah, it's it's very cool. Um, also, I've been playing some VR again with Christian. We played last Friday. Uh, had some fun with that. Some thrills, some scares, some Dan crying. Uh, <laughs> and also Daniel getting killed in uh, mini golf by Christian. Cause, Dude, you know. am I allowed to say this real quick? Can I jump in for a second? And you know what? I, that's all I had, so jump in what you got for me, Christian. So, okay. Well, I want to start off with the VR stuff. We, we Dan told me to get this game called Walkabout Mini Golf, and I said, you know what? Why not, Dan? I'll, I'll spend... It was on sale. Dan paid full price. I paid a, a discount, so that was a big, already a big dub for me. Um, and then we start playing, and uh, I am smoking this dude. Literally and figuratively, because I, I have an edible... <laughs> and it starts kicking in halfway through, and I'm still yeah. smoking this dude. Wait a minute. You only won had, by, like, two, right? And I had two hole-in-ones in this game, and Dan's over Ooh. here uh, getting forfeit holes because he's <laughs> taking too many strokes. And I'm like, this is, I'm living the dream out here. And then my headset dies, like, halfway through. <laughs> oh, no. On, on been, the 18th hole, no less. Was it really? Yeah, it was, and that, and oh, then man. I te- I messaged Christian. I was like, "So that match doesn't count because you quit." <laughs> it doesn't. I, I'm with you, actually. Like we should we should redo it, but yes. yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Also, oh, I've also been playing uh, some Rocket League again. Um, that's why if you've <laughs> been saw... on my Twitter, you yep. said, you know why I should. I was, like, I was talking to my friend about this, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I was on an IGN video for like the dumbest clip, and they used it so. But whatever, now Mikel said my name. Hey, Greg. <laughs> we don't talk about my old, uh, my old Twitter <laughs> handle. And then I jumped into uh, Fall Guys as well. And um, that's been a lot of fun as well. So a lot of, lot of, lot of fun downtime. Bro, what you got for me? Alrighty, I am still playing Kirby and the Forgotten Land. So I beat the post-game final boss last week. Um, that was fun. Enjoyed that. And by doing that, I unlocked a, the, I, I'm assuming the last and hardest level of this tournament area, which is just essentially boss rush. And it's very fun to try and like beat your time and kind of finish with the most health. So I'm having a lot of fun just beating up the bosses in, in Kirby. And I got this like really cool ability. I don't want to spoil it because if, if Christian's going to play it, I don't want to spoil it, but it's, it's a really cool ability to 
to just unleash this power on <laughs> on the various bosses, just creaming them. Um, but besides that, that's it, actually. That's all I've been playing. I'm hoping to actually... Doing this boss rush in Kirby makes me want to go back to Metroid Dread and play the boss rush mode. I kind of want to give that a shot, hopefully, later this uh, this week. But yeah, just Kirby this week. That's all I've been up to. Heck yeah. I am going to play Kirby, so thank you yes. for that. Gage, what you got for me? Just a whole lot of Back for Blood. The uh, new update came out, <laughs> new DLC dropped. And uh, <laughs> I put, I might have put that in the wrong line. That's fine. And uh, yeah, aside from that, just working on some other secret project type stuff. But uh, yeah, Back for Blood's good. It's it's uh, the DLC is fine. Uh, I think it's I think it's only priced at like sixteen dollars or something like that, which is a good price. Or that's the that's the Game Pass price. I think you pay. So uh, yeah, aside from that, not a whole lot of gameplay. What's a what's a one word tease from your your secret project? Huh? It's not a that's word. Not a word. <laughs> well, you could spell language that. has many forms of communication. <laughs> All right, <laughs> moving into the topic of the show, ladies and gentlemen, uh, or just gentlemen, because there's no ladies here. I don't know why I said ladies, but uh, there, we just got a lot more from that. Uh, what <laughs> uh amy hennig who is one of the original creators for the uncharted series of course uh one of the lead writers on uncharted as well uh has announced that her studio skydance new media which was founded in november of 2019 is making a brand new star wars game in addition to their previously announced marvel project so we've got some crazy stuff here more star wars games on the way uh it looks like the game will reportedly be a revival of project ragtag and also based in the imperial era which of course project ragtag was the game coming from visceral games uh which amy was a part of at ea before ea disgustingly shut down visceral games i love visceral games rest in peace um if people don't like single player games dan don't you know yeah, Don't apparently. You know? Apparently, Christian, did you have something to throw in? A question, yes. but if you're going to keep going, then I can ask it in a second. Um, I think that pretty much covers it. Okay, because I I, I did not okay I I was reading up on this stuff, but I'd never read that it was a, it's supposed to be a revival of project ragtag, which which is why I, I I did this because that's exciting. <laughs> but also, I don't know how rights work. Like, yeah. I think, can they do this? I think that's like, going to... Uh, it can't be a one-to-one, right? It has to be no. like just taking pieces from it and maybe... Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't see this being like a literal revival. I think it's more so going to be like Amy obviously has the ideas in her head of what she wanted that to be, and they're going to use those ideas for this new project. Because, yeah, of course, EA owns the assets for that project. So, right. yeah. Uh, well, that's cool depending- to hear, though. Sorry. Depending on how far along they got, like she might maybe like in terms of like story and characters, EA only owns what she wrote down and documented, right? right? So right. she very well could have been like, oh well, the opening area and the character design I can't use, but the overall story is still mine, right? It's still her idea. So I'm psyched because she was the yeah. lead writer on the first two Uncharted games, and I think she was co co writer on the third one. Yeah. Yeah, she's She's one of the most talented people working in the industry, and I, I hope this game comes out, and I hope it absolutely slaps, and I hope all the executives at EA lose sleep for the next <laughs> yes. three weeks after this game comes out. How yeah. dare you? I still get so 
ang- it makes me so angry, Dan. You don't know how angry it makes me. Can we can we talk about, just for a second? Can we talk about how like freaking cool it was? Like the way she announced announced it on Twitter. Just never tell me the odds. That is what a baller way <laughs> to like say I'm still working yeah. on game. Yeah. By the way, Dan, Dan, if you're gonna if you're gonna call if you're gonna use the word G, now is the time. <laughs> what is, he is what an is absolute G. G. For real, for real, for I, I have a I have a quick question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Star Wars thirteen thirteen project was that an, another Amy Henning joint or was that somebody else? No, that somebody was else. Disney. That was Disney, which is kind of or Lucas. Right. Interesting because Lucas Project Art. Ragtag seemed to be like a spiritual successor to Project thirteen thirteen, and now her new Project Ragtag is a spiritual successor of the first mm-hmm. Project Ragtag, which is a spiritual successor of thirteen thirteen. Gotcha. But this is super exciting. I, every time, a, every time a Star Wars story comes out, I always make it a, a habit to mention that I'm so Star Wars out. But Amy Henning being behind it, I definitely want to give it a shot just because of, as Gage was mentioning, her history with Uncharted. And she's just like super talented, so I am down for a Star Wars game from her for sure. Yeah, she deserves a dub. Yes, yes. Yeah. Having not so, released a game in so long, it's crazy. <laughs> I hope this thing comes out and slaps. That'd be so like, mm. yeah. So well, I I have a couple questions here, but before I get to those questions, I just thought of another question. What do okay. you think comes first? Do you think that their Star Wars project or the Marvel project comes first? Obviously, the Marvel project Marvel. was announced first. You think the Marvel? Yeah, it's, it's been it's been like three years since it was announced. That's that's what that is a has huge it? head start. I don't. What has it been announced that long? Wasn't it twenty nineteen? That's when the studio was founded, but I don't think that's when they announced the Marvel partnership. I don't think, unless I'm mistaken. Uh, oh, that was the studio. The game announcement was 2021 in October. Yes, so not that long ago, actually. This definitely changes my answer to another question that, that, that you had, so I'm <laughs> okay. going to delete that. Okay, well, then I'll just go ahead and move into that question to kind of lead down the path here. So... My first inclination from this is, of course, as we just researched here, the, the Marvel project was just announced a few months ago. Are you guys at all worried that this brand new studio they started in 2019 uh, is being stretched too thin by producing two massive properties? Not just like two new properties, but two massive properties of Star Wars and Marvel at the same time. Uh, and also, I also wrote down, so like recent history with AAA studios starting up, like, you know, we've heard the stories about the initiative and the issues that Microsoft has had starting up that studio. Like, is there, you know, are we, you know, getting too excited too fast? Because yes, this sounds awesome. And like, I was super excited for Amy Hennig and Visceral Games when they announced Project Ragtag. But that was the only thing that Visceral Games was working on at the time. And they were an experienced studio and, like, amazing studio that I I loved. Um, So, like, I do have a little bit of pessimism when it comes to this because it's just, like, could we maybe get a little further on the Marvel project before we announce this? Because I just feel like you're going to have two massive properties fighting for attention at the studio and I, I do worry about that a little bit with a, a brand new studio like this. Um, but do, what are, what do you guys think? Hey, so there's a couple things there. I think to, so we know it's a Marvel game, and we know it's a Star Wars game. To be fair, we don't know the scope and scale of both games, right? Like if 
if this Marvel game, if, it probably won't be, but let's say it's like a, it's like a uh, Squadrons type game. Obviously, that's not a huge Uncharted type undertaking. Um, and then the other thing I would say with like with like the the initiative, I think the problem with Mi- that Microsoft had is that they tried to just fabricate a triple A AAA studio out of thin air by trying to attract people to the studio, whereas Amy Hennig is the talent and she's already there. She's leading this team as opposed to, hey, let's just try and get people to make... You can't just make a studio, a AAA studio, and, and just by calling it so, clearly, as we've seen with the initiative, whereas Amy Hennig is somebody who's been poached and has been hunted after, and she went to Visceral, and now she's going to Skydance, and I, I think it's a little bit different there because she has the experience, and she's leading the team, and she has the creative control, so um, I'm not quite as pessimistic in that regards, but I mean, yeah, those those are two huge undertakings. I think it just comes down to when we see more and hear more about either game, it'll be easier to judge whether or not they have they've bit off more than they can chew. But as of right now, we know very little about both games, except you know the implication being that this new Star Wars game will be something to the caliber of Ragtag, which is supposed to be like an Uncharted in Star Wars, right? So we know that that one's probably going to be big, but until we know more about both games, I think it's hard to say whether or not they're pushing themselves too thin. I, I will add. Oh, Dan, did you have more? I was just going to add one little bit there. I think that's another thing we talked about, you know, a few weeks ago about, you know, looking at the studio heads from top down versus the team up. And, you know, Microsoft brought in Daryl Gallagher to the initiative to build that team uh, from Crystal Dynamics. And yes, Amy Hennick is amazing. And like, she's at the top of the chain, but like, does that, you know, filter through to the rest of the team, I think is something we'll have to wait and see, like what that looks like, I guess. Right. And that was my answer is what does the team look like? Yeah. Uh, if you go to the Skydance uh, website, you, I'm only getting um, information about, about two folks. If you go to over to the careers and go over to teams. Sorry, no, that was for, that's for <laughs> people who are hiring. If you scroll down the bottom, you get uh, Amy Hennig, president, and Julian Beek, which is uh, executive VP. Um, and and I, I don't know any more details on, on, on team. Um, but for me, what's really going to speak to whether or not they're spreading themselves too thin or not is how well um, leadership is able to kind of work around that. And like depending on who they bring in, who they hire, how they lead their team forward, um, they'll really speak whether or not they're going to be spreading themselves too thin. Um, and I hope that they don't, because if they can hire like veteran you know, kind of people from the industry, then I think they'd be okay. Like Naughty Dog, what, after Uncharted 2? It split into two teams and then worked on Uncharted 3 and The Last of Us at the same time, and that was like, right. sure, they weren't like a, we weren't, they weren't like a huge studio at that point. And that's kind of more behind the scenes, but like, it, it's not impossible, is my answer. Right. Yeah. I think I'm in the same boat, and, and we've had situations in the past where we see the name and then we're like, oh, this is going to be a great whatever they make is going to be great. Whatever the studio that like the halo guy is the most recent example that I could think of. I I don't remember what his rank was, but he made dis. what was the game? Dis disintegration. Yep. Disintegration. And that didn't work out too well. And he had to close down his studio. I think he handled it really well, but that just goes to show that the name isn't everything. And as Christian was saying, it's, it's also about how that leader leads and how the people that they're leading, how talented they are and how well they could work in that timeframe that they're given. Um, I think with the name Amy, Amy, Amy Hemming, that already gives us confidence in the project. But 
like everybody was saying, only time will tell. Um, but I mean, I mean, maybe this is not such a great comparison, but some of the greatest games of all time were made by just one person. So I can mm. see this turning out just fine as long as they, as we're talking about with Crunch, they just do it well and they take their time and everything will turn out fine if they just go about it the right way. And uh, with Amy Henning at the, at the lead again, it's just a name, but I don't know her personally, but with her track record, I, I just have a little bit more confidence in that name and in that team because of her leadership and her past. So, yeah. Dan, we'll find out in 2026. Yeah. <laughs> 2026 when we get these these games. Uh, Not that far away, uh, actually, four years. Yeah. When, all right, so this is the last question I have about this in particular. What would you guys most want to see from this game? Do you want, obviously, I'm sure we all agree we want to see something different than Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order is a great game, but, like, I, w- I want to see something new, like, something in that universe that is exciting mm-hmm. but uh yeah what are you guys thoughts what do you most want to see from this narrative 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 i think if amy can really nail complex characters everything else will follow because look at the mandalorian like do i care about this random dude <laughs> i i didn't right and then he turns out to be like a really complex character and like now that's the driving force for the entire show like i want it like the way he handles every situation is based off who he is as a character, and that leads to very interesting um, encounters throughout the show. And Amy, I think, can write complex characters, right? So if that happens, no matter what it's going to be, I think it's going to be... In the setting of Star Wars? Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. Agreed. Hopefully. Yeah, I, I would love a, 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 like a similar Rogue One situation where they're not taking it from the eyes of a Jedi or the Chosen One or whatever, just like some regular folks on the battlefield, like in that sort of situation I would love to see. But as Christian said, story is is what I, I want. Narrative, that's where what takes uh, the the highest priority for me. I just want a good story. And, and if it is told from the, the eyes of a Jedi, as long as it's good, I will play it probably. So I, I want a third-person action-adventure in Star Wars that isn't from the Jedi's point of view. That's what I would want. Yes. But, yeah. Bro, you just said Rogue One, and I just thought, like, <laughs> a story with, like, you know, high stakes, like them stealing something, like, in the Star Wars universe, that sounds super cool. Dan, let me, let me, let me, let me up the ante here. Could you imagine a Battlefield Bad Company-style Rogue Ooh. One game? That would be amazing. Be just cool. little vignettes and, like, missions where everything's going crazy. Like, that would be awesome. Oh, that'd, that'd be, be awesome. so cool. Um... Yeah, I definitely have Star Wars uh, franchise fatigue, and I'm sick of all the media. But the thing with games is, like, gameplay is, like, such a huge part of it that, like, you I, you can look past it, right? So, like, I'm excited for this game because it's an Amy Henning game that just happens to be Star Wars. Because if the gameplay is solid and the narrative is, is well-written, it doesn't matter what all, this, what all the surrounding pieces are. It's just I'm there for that experience. So, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what she does. All right, guys. So that's gameplay Amy. is... Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say gameplay is automatically more fun when you do, do use a Jedi, though. I just realized like <laughs> that's already like an easy win right there instead of using a guy with a gun or without those. Well, powers, I, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. Yeah. yeah Battlefront's Battlefront is, is is the most fun I've had out of all the Star Wars games, including Jedi Fallen Order. And that's you, most of the time you just do shooting in that game. So I think look at, I think it can work. Look at 1313. Like, yeah, that's, that's I mean, not, not to say ragtag will be this, but like that game looked super interesting. And it, it just because it was like a father and a son, I think they were father and son, uh, bounty hunters just, you know, engaging in this world. Yeah. And like, they're not Jedi. 
that would be sick. Uh, guys, so that's Amy Hennig's game. I just wanted to do a, like a quick rundown of current Star Wars projects in development, and we can kind of uh, talk about this a little bit. But uh, we have Star Wars Hunters, which is uh, a free-to-play team-based multiplayer game for the Nintendo Switch and mobile, which I, I completely forgot about this game. Did not uh, even know that was a thing. Yeah. We, of course, already got Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga earlier this year. Um, actually, not that long ago, a couple weeks ago. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order 2 is, of course, still on the radar from Respawn. Uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake, which is coming very soon, sometime soon, for PS5 mm. and PC. Respawn's Star Wars FPS. Uh, so Respawn working on a couple of Star Hell Wars Hell yeah. Games. This uh, is a Republic Commando. I can feel it in my bones. <laughs> I can feel it in my bones. You... I want to wipe guts off of my visor with the little with the little thing again. That was awesome. And you know where else you'll wipe off guts from your your vehicle when you're traveling in Ubisoft's open world Star Wars Ugh. game, uh, <laughs> which is also on the way from <laughs> uh, from Massive Entertainment, which is also making Avatar the video game. So that's okay. Now, to about be fair, too thin. This is the one. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, Damn. if this game is made in Snowdrop, I might have some hope for it. But if it's just another generic Ubisoft schlog, then yeah. Uh, of course, we got Star Wars Eclipse, which was announced at the Game Awards that Christian and I saw in person there. That was crazy. Uh, I will bet that this game never comes out. Wow. No. Well, Big bet. <laughs> never comes out. And that was the game they said was still years out, right? That the, They can't yeah. even hire people for this damn game. Yeah. It's not coming out. <laughs> uh, oh, wait. There's more. Respawn's third Star Wars game. They're working with Bitreactor. <laughs> making a strategy game uh i don't think it has an official name yet but strategy star wars game and then of course now amy hennig's star wars game so with all of those projects in the works guys my question to you guys are you guys worried about star wars franchise fatigue at this point especially i guess now that ea doesn't own the exclusive rights to it disney can kind of just give it to whoever at this point i wouldn't say worried i would say Again, if you're a Star Wars fan, this is probably the best time because the fact that the license isn't exclusive means that you can't just sit back and like you have to really work for it to get that, you know, sequel or whatever that prolonged licensing deal that you want. So, I mean, I think there's a good chance that a lot of these games might be decent, but yeah, I don't in terms of like the the overall Star Wars lore and ethos, like I could give a shit. I'm just going to play these games for however the game looks when we get a gameplay trailer or something like that but um it is i just i just did the poll here at the bottom so i just want to share some numbers with you guys yeah so so <laughs> apparently so kotor remake has taken the lead in terms of most excited by a long shot um and then closely behind we have star wars uh jedi fallen order 2 and then ubisoft's open world star wars game uh, rounding at the top three hmm. and then after that we've got star wars eclipse in fourth so a lot of people are excited for KOTOR. That's going to be cool. But I think, see, that's the thing. It's like the hype for KOTOR. It's like, is it because it's Star Wars or is it because people want a really cool RPG that's set in the it's Star Wars? It's because it's, it's KOTOR. Exactly. Yeah. And, and KOTOR is one of the most famous, like, in-depth RPGs ever. So I think a lot of a lot of this hype for these games is going to be like, oh, cool. I always wanted X type of game in the Star Wars universe with the Star Wars aesthetic. I don't think it's necessarily the fact that 
people are super hyped about Star Wars. It's just like mm-hmm. Star Wars looks cool. It sounds cool. It always has. So now you just get these types of games in that universe. Dan, yeah. I can answer your question when you say, do you have Star Wars fatigue? I can answer no, because I don't look at these games as Star Wars like properties necessarily. Right. I look at the teams, right? Just like how Gage was saying. Resp- I like Respawn Star Wars. I'm excited because it's Respawn. Yeah, Jedi right. Fallen Order 2, I'm excited because Respawn made Jedi Fallen Order 1, and I thought that story was great. Amy Hennig's story, uh, Star Wars game, same thing there, because I'm excited because it's an Amy, Amy Hennig game. Where I get fatigued is stuff like TV shows that feel like content <laughs> and not actual, like... And when I say that, and, like, there's very cool ep- episodes of Star Wars uh, Visions that I really enjoyed, and I'm excited for season two now, so... Yeah, again, it's it's the studios and the people making the games and the stories behind those games that I'm excited for, and not so much the Star Wars name. Sure. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like, with the, what Christian just said about it being the the studios... Totally agree. I, as I said earlier, I, I do have Star Wars fatigue right about now. But if, like, for example, if Naughty Dog were making a Star Wars game, I would be there day one. I don't care if it's Star Wars, I'll be playing it because it's a Naughty Dog game. So I think I'm in the same boat where games just seem to have like a separate um, capacity for me that I can play a little bit more of or indulge a little bit more in the franchise because it is a game. But uh, in other mediums, yeah, I'm a little bit Star Wars out right about now. But Maybe at the end of all of this, when all these games have released and I've played all of them, will I still want to play another one in the future? I, I don't know. We'll see. But yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, I have one more question for you guys. Ooh. Which game do you guys want most out of that list of Star Wars games we have coming? I will tell you the one that I am most anticipating is probably even with us not knowing anything about it is probably the respawn fps because i love fps's i love respawn titan falls amazing uh so i'm very excited to see what they can do with that uh genre uh, of course i'm excited for everything else like jedi mm. fallen order 2 and everything else but yeah I'm, I'm interested to see what that turns into but ro what's your what's your most anticipated star wars project coming um this is kind of a weird wing to say, but I, I think I would be excited for Star Wars Eclipse if it wasn't attached to all that craziness that that studio is going on with. Just because of the type of games that that studio does make, I just speaks to me a little bit more like the narrative and the choice driven stuff. I just really like that stuff and that being in a Star Wars game, I think would really jive with my type of gameplay. Um, but what Christian said, it totally makes sense because they can't hire anybody. I may not ever see that game. But um, that that would pro- probably be the one that I would be most ex- excited for because I just like that style of of gaming with the multiple branching storylines and that that just sounds like up my alley. It'll be cool to see how they because they said that this is gonna that they're still doing all that stuff, but they're also adding a lot of combat and exploration and stuff like that. So it'll be really cool to see how those two things come together because I I also really like Quantic Dreams. Um, I love Detroit Become Human. So it's like, again, yeah, that type of narrative stuff in the Star Wars universe, like that could be really, really cool. I wish I loved Detroit. I only like one of those stories, and it's the, the detective story. I think oh, yeah. for, for me, uh, what, Quantic Dream only knows how to do d- detective stories. When they branch out, and like, oh, this isn't so good. Your themes are... <laughs> no, but that heist, the TV, the TV station heist was one of the best set pieces in a video game I've ever... That was awesome. That was yeah, so it's a, cool. It's a shame how they treated that character, though. <laughs> Gage, what's your most anticipated Star Wars project? 
Dan, your logic for your answer was flawless and is the correct answer. I'm dying to see Respawn go back to the genre that put them on the map that they have done flawlessly every time. Yeah, of course. Of course I want to see this first-person shooter, even if it's not Republic Commandos, which I feel like I feel like the the T-ball is set. Like there's no way it's not Republic Commandos, but even if it isn't, like I'm just excited to see Respawn back in their home turf because Everybody loved Jedi Fallen Order, and I tried to get into it. I thought I think the game's a lot more janky than people give it. I think people are a little too high in that game. It's got a lot of jank to me, at least. But did you play near launch? But just, sorry. Just no, curious. I pick, I picked it up on the Series X. I, I downloaded it mm. like a couple months ago. Yeah. yeah, it's got some jank. I agree. It's got some jank, but like the fact that that game was so well received, and it's not even like their native sort of style of game. You know what I mean? So it's like to see Respawn go back to what they are kings at which is first person shooters like fast and fluid that's, that would be awesome that'd just, be awesome what if it's and what if it's not a republic commandos what if it what if it is more like titanfall where it's like you're playing as a mandalorian and you can run and jetpack and do all that stuff like oh that would be awesome that would be so cool i just want to thank both of you for saying that jedi fallen order has a lot of jank because i argued with sean about that for so <laughs> freaking long i would argue about how stupid certain things were and he's no the game's perfect this uh, i'm like sean the game yeah. I, I have no doubt the game is great and i've heard a lot of great things like the story's great the combat's yeah, great but i could great. i could tell i could tell you looking at it i'm like the running animation is really weird and janky and like the climbing like it's got jank to it but like again this is a, this is yeah. a, a developer that's only done first person you know shooters so i, I would expect that but yeah, yeah no the FPS for sure, without a doubt. Christian, round us. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'll, I'll, I don't. I don't. I, I don't think it's that full of jank, but it does have a lot of it. Like there, like yeah. it could use a bit more polishing. But and yet, despite its flaws, I still ended up loving it. So for sure, yeah. That's yes. where. That's where I fall. Agreed. Um, my answer would have been response, but just the announcement of Amy Hennig. Like I think she deserves a win. Yeah. After so long. And uh, I really want to play a game that she makes in the Star Wars universe. So um, I think I'm going to vote that one for as, as my most anticipated. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Let's, let's do our idea. We came up with the idea, Amy. Just do it and pay us for it. Pay us for it. All right. Anything else before we close out the show, guys? Hey, Amy Hanning, please pay Dan so he can pay us. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Gage. <laughs> All right. Thank you again to everyone joining us live on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, as well as podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thank you, Ro. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Gage. I am Daniel. And this has been Podcast PXN, and we are out. Much love, and keep on gaming. Hell yeah, gamers. Let's go. <laughs> Bye.